This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy out along with Jonathan Von Tobel from VEASAN on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. JVT, how's the NFL treating you? One, one, and one last week. So kissing a sister, whatever you want to call it. I mean, just a kind of a, a wash, but uh, that Atlanta game, that was a wild game to say the least, man. That was back and forth. I mean, losing fumbles left and right. I mean, yeah. a little bit of everything in that one. Yeah, that that was I think of those all of those results. That was one where I felt Jimmy like, man, like I feel like I deserved the better fate, especially when it came to you know they had two red zone possessions uh, that they came away with pretty much nothing. You mentioned the fumble that turned into a fumble that then turned into a recovery for the Chargers. Um, it, and when you look at it too, it kind of played out. I mean, they ran the ball the Falcons did down the Chargers' throat, like over five yards per carry in that game against Los Angeles. Uh, they did what I expected them to do statistically. Uh, just didn't come up in the final result. So uh, I think that was the one, like out of everything we saw uh, over the weekend, at least in terms of some of the wagers that I had uh, in pocket in the show and everywhere else, like when I get a team that I expect to run the ball very well, to run for over 200 yards, 5.7 yards per carry, and two touchdowns, get a long run of 44, I'm expecting that that thing's going to go in my favor. It ultimately just lands on three. So a little salty about that one, but it's the NFL, man. Like that's what this season's kind of been like for me. It's kind of like a, a weird disjointed type of year. Uh, a lot of odd results and uh, a lot of these teams, Giants, Jets uh, that are good and uh, other teams that you expected to be pretty good that I t- keep taking shots at uh, every once in a while that haven't been. So, But you keep persevering. We're barely, what, we're about halfway through. Still got a lot of territory left. Yeah, I think that's got a common theme too. Uh, and run the damn ball. I know they had signs last year in uh, Indianapolis trying to get Frank Reich uh, yep. to do that last year when he had Jonathan Taylor really ripping it up. Uh, he gone now. Now Jeff Saturday's uh, calling the place. But uh, Washington uh, on uh, Sunday, man, run the ball. They're running it down Minnesota's throat. Key fourth down. They go for it. They decide to play action, throw an incompletion. Atlanta uh, in this game. Cordell Patterson trucked somebody. I, I love how people say, man, he's a, a comeback player. He's having a fountain of youth. No, he's finally playing his proper position. He's a much better running back than he is a wide receiver. We saw that at Tennessee. Jacksonville the same way. Uh, their offensive line, one of the metrics, uh, yards before contact on rushing attempts. Jacksonville number one in the league. Etienne, use him, man. Uh, look, Tre- Trevor Lawrence not ready yet. Nurture him along. And then the Jets on that final drive to kind of the, basically the game-winning field goal, they just ran it down Buffalo's throat uh, to set it up. So sometimes coaches make it a little bit uh, tougher than it has to be. Let's get to the games. We're talking about the NFC South a little bit in Tampa Bay. Gave Tom Brady one more chance, did the Rams, and he came back. Most people had three. That was pretty much the the number the whole time. So they get that push uh, at the end. Now they're headed to Munich. 
We just keep waiting for Seattle to fall out of their tree. But Geno Smith, yeah. heck would come from the comeback player of the year. He's now in the MVP voting, man. What a year he's having. I tell you what, got to give him credit, though, JVT. When he threw that pick six to give up the lead in the second half against Arizona, boom, boom, man, responded yep. immediately with a couple of touchdown drives. Tampa Bay in Germany, two and a half over the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and I think I'm finally – I actually I have not tried uh, to, like, go against Seattle at all this year. Uh, I've actually been pretty pro-Seattle. I've bet on them uh, or in any other instance prop-wise have been pro-Seattle. So this is going to be my first shot at, at the Seahawks uh, in this spot on a neutral – uh, against them but I think when the, the reason why too Jimmy is if you look at their opponents up to this point the Seahawks schedule in terms of op- opposing defenses has been really favorable when you actually analyze who they've played up to this point we're talking about outside of that Broncos game um, like the Falcons the Lions uh, the Saints even in terms of their average uh, EPA numbers uh, the Cardinals twice the Chargers, uh, the Giants, these are all teams that are very average if you look at a lot of the defensive metrics. And to give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers some credit, the one consistent thing that they have done defend- is defensively, and especially up front. And, and I think when you're looking at Tampa Bay and what they're able to do now offensively, maybe getting a little bit more comfortable uh, with what they've done up to this point, I think I'm going to be trying to maybe buy a little low. They didn't cover, uh, obviously, in that spot against um, Los Angeles. They ended up pushing on that number. But I think on a neutral, where I'm getting under three here, on a Buccaneers offense, which might be turning the corner, Tom Brady had his best uh, passing grade uh, in the last four weeks last week against the Los Angeles Rams. I think I'm going to try to do this here, and I think that Geno Smith, uh, you know, out there on a neutral in Munich, which uh, according to NFL Network, allegedly, it's only an hour difference in flight time. Uh, I'm not a geography major, so I'm not going to push back too much on it. Uh, but I think this might be a spot where I'm going to finally come in and back Tampa Bay and see if I can get an actual cover out of them as opposed to just a straight-up win at home over the L.A. Rams. But I think this might be the, uh, the spot under a field goal to do so. Tampa Bay uh, minus the two and a half and uh, and also Akeem Hicks back for Tampa Bay in an interior line. He is a difference maker. So uh, 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 Stafford and the Rams offense did very little uh, in that game. Staying in the NFC South, let's go to the Atlanta. We talked about the Falcons. Talk about Carolina. Carolina, uh, after their near miss against Carolina, they're back just two weeks later. Uh, in that wild game in Atlanta where you had a flurry of points uh, late in the game. Points are on your mind as well. You want to talk about the total, it's at 44.5. Yeah, and this has moved a little bit, but I'm still willing to play this thing over. But uh, I think, look, if with Atlanta, it's we talk about like questioning teams and their success. I don't think there's any questioning anymore how good this, this Falcons offense is. They have consistently been inside the top 10 in terms of EPA offensively. Uh, after this past weekend, right now, Atlanta is 8th in the EPA per play offensively. Their rush offense among some of the best in the National Football League, 3rd best in the NFL behind only the Ravens and the Browns. Uh, they are going to be able to move the ball. I mean, heck, we talked about it against the Chargers. They did it. They were just, of course, failing to capitalize on a lot of opportunities. Uh, but still, they were outgained by the Chargers, but in terms of yards per play, they were the better team. Again, 201 yards on the ground against the Chargers, 5.7 per carry. Uh, they just squander two out of their four red zone possessions 
and to come away with a field goal and then no points. I think this Falcons team, I think you can count on them uh, to continue to be a very elite offense as they have shown consistently on a week-to-week basis. And we did see it. It was at home for them, but against this Carolina team, uh, they racked up 406 total yards, 6.1 yards per play in that game. So I think I can count on this Falcons team to do their part. And as far as uh, the Panthers are concerned, uh, I did read a report yesterday. It is going to be P.J. Walker again. Uh, Baker Mayfield is going to serve as the backup. But P.J. Walker, outside of this game against Cincinnati, which, by the way, Early in that game, it's only one play, but when you're dropping wide open passes from P.J. Walker, I mean, you're not going to give him any favors. Walker's been playing pretty well, and we talk about this last matchup where uh, the Panthers themselves, over 400 yards of offense, in fact, 478 yards of offense, I feel like this game is going to be one where we're going to see another high-scoring affair. The market agrees. They pushed it up from the opening number. Again, you're a little behind the line move, but I think that this has a high-scoring affair yet again between these two relative to the total, so I'm going to go over all right. Uh, so yeah, last time that 37-34 wild game uh, in overtime, Atlanta over Carolina. You talked about the 406 yards of for the uh, Falcons, 478 for the Panthers against this Falcons D. D. So combined 884 yards, that usually spells an over. We'll have to see. It's 44 and a half. And I'll take an inconsistent P.J. Walker over a consistently bad Baker Mayfield. Yeah, if that makes sense. I'll take I'll take some some positive plays, and I, you know sometimes you got to forget where they're drafted or where they came from. If a guy from the uh, the XFL is out playing the number one overall pick, let him play. Yep, it's easier said than done for some uh, some front offices who have that invested. What about this team, uh, the Chicago Bears? What about this one? Now, I do wonder about a little bit of the dipping temperatures, although, you know, a Chicago team should be used to that. At least it beats what we had Saturday in college football last year nearby Evanston, Illinois. What, 45 minutes? I've driven that uh, from uh, downtown Chicago to uh, Northwestern's campus, which is right on Lake Michigan. There's wind last week, and there's 50-mile-per-hour gusts that uh, affected the Ohio State's offense. But it's going to be cold. I'm not sure sure about the win. But this Bears team, JVT, has gone from a dead under team to a dead over since they're making basically running a college offense with Justin Fields. He's so much more comfortable. How good did he look on that 55-yard touchdown run yep. where he's just running by people? Keep in mind, he's a big guy, too. You look at that, the team total on this newly uh, I guess tagged over team the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and so I, I wanted to I wanted to back Chicago actually from a side perspective, and I still might hear the thing that worries you is while they've been really good offensively, defensively they look like a team that gave up their two best defensive players uh, over the last couple of weeks, and that might get, that might burn you when it comes to maybe covering a number and you know winning as a favorite. But I think you said it. Weather-wise, it's cold. It's going to be temperatures in like the low to mid-30s. Uh, but wind-wise, as high as 10 miles an hour, maybe. So it seems like that'll be good. No precipitation. So I, I think I'll take my chances here. But you mentioned the biggest deal. I like this stat. So uh, Pro Football Focus had this, Jimmy. So he, uh, Justin Fields, for the season on designed rushing yards, he has 148. 132 of those have come in the last three games. So in other words, they have changed their offense. The Bears are starting to now have designed runs for Justin Fields as opposed to just scrambles and trying to escape pressure. Uh, The amount of true pass sets, right, you know, in terms of no play action, uh, no screens, it's just pure dropbacks. That has dropped for Justin Fields. They have shifted the way that they're playing offense now, and it has worked. I mean, you mentioned the last three weeks, this offense overall has looked much better. Fields has looked much better, and it has led to some really high score 
low-scoring affairs the last three weeks. So as opposed to maybe trusting uh, that the Lions would do their part here out in the frigid temperatures, I do think that against this Lions team who, if you go back to this uh, Packers game, because that was the one loss that we had um, that I had in with you guys when it came to the plays. And by the way, talk about being salty. When you get multiple red zone turnovers in a game that looked like it was going to go the Packers' way and some injuries, I uh, didn't really like it. But still in that game, you're talking about the Packers' 389 yards, uh, the multiple red zone turnovers that would have allowed them to probably not go 0-4 in the red zone. There were a lot of scoring opportunities against this Lions defense. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as Aaron Rodgers and the Packers made it out to be, and still we know it's statistically yeah. at this point. So uh, I'm going to go with this team total over. I think this change in this offense, the design, it's been very real. The offensive numbers have ticked up here for Chicago. The weather's not incredibly terrible either. No precipitation that might ruin it for me. And I think it should help being in cold temperatures, allowing them to run their game, which is the ground game against this Lions defense. So I'm going to expect that the uh, Bears go over their team total of 25 and a half. Bears over the team total of 25 and a half. How about Detroit? Uh, points allowed, 32nd, did last. How about uh, defensive yards per play? Did last, 32nd. How about defensive yards per game? Did last, 32nd. So, I mean, they ain't good. Oh, no. that decided the ball. That's how bad Aaron Rodgers. Two interceptions inside the five and a third yeah. inside the 20. And, man, the one to Hutchinson, my God. I mean, whew, that was, was bad. Uh, ugly. Because oh, he, yeah, he had Bakhtari open. Like, and he's just, like, falling away. I don't know what he was doing. It was a really bad performance from Aaron Rodgers. Yes, the tackle eligible, you have to get rid of the ball. So, I mean, you can't yell at yourself. You can yell at yourself on that one. So, uh, Green Bay uh, is uh, having their struggles right now. All right, so Chicago Bears and their new offensive system. And Justin Fields is a lot more comfortable. They're putting up yards over the team total at 25 and a half. That's the number at Bet Rivers right now. Atlanta, Carolina, over 44 and a half in that rematch from just 15 days previously in uh, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. They'll go to Charlotte. And then Tampa Bay in Munich, minus two and a half. Jonathan Von Tobel won one and one last week. Let's get on the winning edge this week. For JVT of VSIN, I'm Jimmy OTT on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.